Hello everyone and welcome back to the Amche Fans Basketball Podcast. I'm your host Asfar and I'm joined by Kumareshan and Gautam as always. Hi boys, how are you? Hey Asfar, how are you doing? Hey Gautam. Hey Kumo, hey Asfar. Yup, so lads, NBA is finally back and it's great. I mean, we just got over with the NBA finals and the bubble experience and fast forward a month or two and we have live NBA action up again. So it's exciting. We had a really small off season, but it was pretty exciting. A lot of teams shook up. A lot of players went here and there. So let's just dive into it. And uh, uh, this podcast, we're just going to discuss as to which teams we think, because I think most of the teams, most of the deals are done apart from some blockbuster trade that might come up, but we know how most of the teams are going to look for the next off season, for the next regular season. So we're just going to go around talking about which teams we think are going to overachieve and which teams we think are going to bust. So uh, I guess, Kumaration, let's start with you. Which team, according to you, is going to overachieve this time? Uh, so my overachiever, I'm kind of torn. So, so we're basing all this based on the ESPN win projections for upcoming season. And uh, might we all add unanimously that what an amazing job they've done? Not as horrible. I don't agree with any of their project projections, but so I'm honestly torn between the Wizards and the 76ers. So they have 76ers, they predicted 76ers to win 39.4 games on average, and the Wizards to win 33.1. Uh, uh, for the sake of this argument, I'm going to choose the 76ers. I honestly think the 76ers are way better than that. I think they're probably as good as the Bucks right now because they sorted out the major issues. They got rid of Al Horford, which was causing issues for them. And they still have a bunch of really good trades to be made. Adding Jeff, Danny, not Jeff Green, adding Danny Green and Seth Curry to their team is pretty good. And um, I think the drafts they made were pretty, pretty insane as well. So they're going to be an extremely, extremely good team to watch. I'm, I'm, I honestly think they might just end up being the best team in the East. And as a Celtic fan, it really hurts for, it hurts me to see, even say that. But And also quickly on the Wizards, I think the Wizards are in the same bracket as the Pacers where they can, they'll be vying for the 7th or the 8th spot. Um, ESPN, once again, has Hawks ahead of them. I really don't think the Hawks, Hawks will even come close to, they will come close to the Wizards, but no, there's no way they're going to be better than the Wizards. I mean, everyone's underrating what Westbrook can be, can do for a team, but he's a perennial 28-9-9 player. He can average a triple-double probably every other game on his own, and that's that's going to be huge for any team, you know? I mean, just look at Thunder. Like, he dragged the Thunder team to the playoffs multiple seasons in a row, and sometimes even to the second round. And, like, when you add someone like Bradley Beal to that, like, that's going to be an extremely dangerous combination. You know, Bradley Beal averaged over 30 points last season. He's an insanely talented scorer. Probably one of the best in the league. Yeah, And also true. some of the other players, yeah, and also some of the other players they've got around um, Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they've got some really good players like Davis Bertons and Rui Hachimura and who the Isaac Bonga and yeah, a bunch of players I'm just forgetting, but I think the Wizards will be do a lot better. I think they'll be a really threatening team this season. So yeah, that's that's mine. 
Yeah, yeah, great teams, great points, and uh, yeah, I guess with the Wizards, uh, they swapped off John Wall for Russell Westbrook, and yes, I feel after the bubble, everyone's just forgotten how good Westbrook actually is, uh, because before that he was averaging I think around twenty eight or twenty eight nine nine, and that's like a staple for Harden. Oh, sorry, for Westbrook. uh and uh, one more thing i think for practice he showed up i guess 2 to 3 hours before everyone just to set a tone yeah. and uh, show everyone how did yeah that's another thing with yeah, that's a good point by that's another thing with westbrook cuz he will bring that intensity from day one and he will completely change the culture at washington team and if, exactly. if he sees anyone in that team slacking off or not giving more than 100% he's going to whip them back into shape and that's the kind of thing this wizards team needs who are a young team and when young players are brought around such an intense attitude and such an intense work ethic it's going to be extremely beneficial for their development in the long run that's that's definitely true and uh, uh, about the 76ers uh, i guess it's the the only way they have to get better from how they performed last time They, everyone is expecting them to you know be in the eastern conference finals at least after all the moves they pulled off but uh, chemistry didn't work team didn't work and they just got bounced in the first round so this time uh, they have tried to sort out most of their problems the new coach definitely helps so yeah interesting stuff gotham you got anything to say about this Uh yeah, I think Sixers. I think they. I think they have cleaned up the mess which they made last season. So I think they should be doing well this season. Yeah, that's all I have to say about the Sixers for now. Yeah, and uh, as as good as Darren Morey is, if he can actually somehow swap, uh, what's his name, the bad contract in Philly. Harris, Tobias. Yes, Tobias Harris. I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, if he can swap up Tobias Harris for some decent. You just call him the bad contract in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point. There were two bad contracts there. One of them got sent away to Oklahoma City, so there's only one left. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So if he can swap that out for at least a couple of decent players. like are uh, like shooters or maybe a uh, someone who can run the second unit then this team is definitely going to be like at the championship level so uh okay so uh the team which i feel is going to overachieve is uh, i mean it's ridiculous that every time this team kind of comes in the same uh category but is the portland trail blazers who the espn ranking has coming as the ninth seed for some reason even though they have uh, like dame and cj have proved time in and time out that they are first of all both of them are perennial all stars they are clutch players who can drag their teams and this time they do have a really good team too like last time they were banged up they didn't have uh, Uh, their uh, starting center for most of the season not most of the season like literally the entire season they got him back in the bubble and uh, they didn't have a lot of bench depth as well so this time loki they did have a good off season they got uh, 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 robert covington as well who was a really good 3nd uh, d player and uh, 
they resigned Melo and they got Derek Jones Jr. as well. So these three players would definitely be a really good bonus. And yeah, they got Enes Kanter too. So like more the merrier for the bench, I feel. And uh, the way Melo played last time, if Melo can, you know, embrace that uh, the bench role and come off the bench, this is kind of like my, you know, hot take. If Melo can play really good from the bench as a sixth man, he can win sixth man of the year. That's that's just my hot take. If he can actually embrace himself, he could be a really good. Oh uh, yeah, he can really be a good player for the sixth man of the role thing. So yeah, that was my take. Uh, any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean like it's it's about time someone realizes that the Blazers are good. That Dame is probably a top five, top six player in the league. CJ is an extremely good player, and like someone should give them the rec- recognition they do. Like they just can't be underrated season after season. They're a good team, and yeah, they got knocked out in the first round last season, but they got knocked out to an extremely good Lakers team, and they were probably one of the best teams in the bu- bubble. So, yeah, I think Dame did win bubble MVP too, right? Yeah, he probably did as well. And yeah, I do. I mean, like someone like they should just stop doing this with Blazers. Really good and. Probably one of the few issues they had last year was they had really bad depth and their wings weren't as good. Like the only wings, decent wings and deployable wings they had were Gary Trent Jr., who's extremely good, yeah. and uh, Carmelo. But now they've improved that by adding um, uh, Covington and Derek uh, Jones Jr. and a bunch of other players. So yeah. I think they're going to be extremely good. They've got a bunch of really good, flexible, defensive stalwarts. And, like, when you have Dame and CJ, you're never going to be short on the offense. So, they're definitely going to be a good team now. Yeah, and I think shout out to... Uh, oh, why am I forgetting so many names today? Uh, the guy who was amazing with the threes in the bubble. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> yes, what is wrong with me today? Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. He was amazing in the bubble. I expect him to only get better from how he played. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be really good for them too. So, yeah. Gautam, what do you think about the Trailblazers? Yeah, I think they will do really well this season. Like, I think Dame and CJ are like the most dynamic duo in the league. And they are definitely a great scorers. And yes, a, a bit of veteran support from Carmelo as well. But yeah, I think now, compared to last season, I think this season they have good depth. Like Gary Trent Jr., Derek Jones Jr., and I think Zach Collins is a depth or is he a starter? No, yeah, he he might start. He, he's probably going to be more to depth or might be might play as the number four. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's going to play the four because Carmelo is definitely yeah. on the bench. Okay, fine. So yeah, maybe yeah, but they have. I think they have all the assets, and I think they'll do really well both offensively and defensively. So yeah, that's my take on the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, so great. Okay, so Gotham, continuing with you, who do you think? Which team do you think is going to overachieve this time? Yeah, I think the Rockets are going to overachieve because, yeah, I think the the good thing is they got rid of Westbrook, who was not really fitting well in the team. And I think D'Antoni has made a huge miss into the in the Rockets team. Like, he he's put, put in a small ball lineup, which did not work at all. And yeah, I think that small ball lineup has got rid. So he got the Rockets got uh, Christian Wood and Demarcus Cousins on free agency. So that fills in the four and five position. And John Wall, I think 
he's playing he played his first game yesterday after like what 700 days and yeah <laughs> i think he put up some he put <clears throat> he put up some good numbers like 13 points and 9 assists which was really good to see but the only the main problem is this like whether james harden will stay or leave because right now he's back in houston but in order to be cleared for practice he needs to get six covid negative tests and he's also in various trade rumors to net net 76ers heat and i think the bucks as well so i don't know what's going on but i don't know whether stephen stillas will clean up the deanthony mess in the houston rockets or not so i think i don't know how they'll be this season but hopefully they'll make it to, according to espn they'll make it to the playoffs and they'll finish off at third position but for according to me it is a little doubtful but they will definitely make it to the playoffs so let's see yeah yeah i couldn't agree more with what you say and like even if they do find a way to trade hard which i kind of feel like is inevitable like once things get to this point it's like a point of no return the player always gets what he wants which in this case is a trade so they're bound to get something really good either in the form of ben simmons if he goes to philly or in the form of like jed allen caris levert spencer dinwiddie if he goes to brooklyn so either way they're just going to be a good team and i know um espn has them ranked as third uh seeded team in their predictions and that's a little too high but as a general consensus people are really low on them and i think they should be a lot better cuz we all know a healthy john wall and a healthy boogie cousins are all stars that's definitely true and uh, it's just uh, everyone's just forgotten how good these players are and uh, yeah talking about the dantoni mess i think the rockets have done pretty well to actually get a little bit of size back to the christian wood and boogie are you know really good players and uh, that has gone you know remove the small ball tag from the rockets i feel uh and uh, i feel uh, right now harden does not want to be there but i think him and john wall have had a conversation and yeah all those things are just they just float around in the media uh, but i feel once harden comes there and he starts playing i guess through the season if they can win a few games if they can get that chemistry going i still feel somehow that they might be able to mend the relationship because if if a team is winning that's definitely you know a really good sign but if they go, go off to a bad start that is when i feel the relationships might get even sore than and even sorer than they are i don't know if sorer is a word never mind i'm going with it anyway <laughs> so so i guess yeah the rockets are an enigma as i think they've been like for the past two or three seasons every time they just make these weird as teams and uh, everyone just doubtful about them what how they're going to do and how they're going to be and most times they show us you know bursts of amazing play like even last time before the nba season got shut down there was this stretch where the rockets were amazing like como if you remember both of us were discussing in i guess a previous podcast that they legit could upset the lakers that's how good they were playing at that time so the rockets yeah. have always been an unpredictable team so yeah but the hate against the team this time is a little too much everyone is just counting out boogie and john wall a little too much i feel because john wall did look good i mean not as you know sprinty and all that but he was still john wall and 
you know, getting into the lane. He wasn't afraid. He was just shooting really well. And Boogie as well was hitting shots, posting up and stuff. So all those are good signs. And if they get hardened back, and even if the other two players, I think around 70 to 80% of how they were, this team is really going to be good because it's legit kind of like a big three because both of them are legit all-stars. Like the last time they played, they were all-stars, like healthy seasons. So, yeah. Also, uh, Chris Wood is like a borderline also the way he played for the Pistons. So, he can offer a lot as well. But yeah, let's move on. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, these are the teams which might overachieve. Uh, and uh, I think I'll just give out a quick, you know, honorary mention to, I guess, the Phoenix Suns, who, yes, they've made really good moves. And uh, I guess people do have them coming into the playoffs, but I think they might, you know, be in the top four. That's just a little too much, I think, optimism from my side. But I think the Phoenix Suns might do really well because we've seen how well Chris Paul plays as a leader, how he manages to, you know, marshal his troops and, you know, make the best out of whatever he has. And this time, he legit has a lot of good things around him. He has a good shooting guard in uh, Devin Booker. He has a really good center, which, you know, the favorite, the amazing pick and roll, which both of them can run, would just be amazing. And I think the Phoenix Suns can definitely be, you know, good. And I know how hungry Devin Booker is. And uh, so that's one thing which I feel they can do. So that's just my opinion. Uh, so I think uh, let's go to the underachievers now because where they're high is their lows as well. So we got to discuss them too. Uh, so talking about the lows and the underachievers, Kumo, who do you think is going to flop this season? The LA Clippers, and I have no doubt about it. Yeah, when for a you second have there, the... I thought you were going to say the Lakers, and I'm like, what? Okay, never no, <laughs> no. I I think LeBron knows how to manage his teams well. Like how much of a controversy he is in, he's a pretty good leader, and that is something Kawhi and PG are definitely not. Yeah. For sure. Like, yeah, um, the kind of preferential treatment Kawhi and PG get a team is just not conducive to a healthy team atmosphere. And you could say, yeah, Harden gets that and LeBron gets that. And yeah, you can see how Harden's preferential treatment is now screwing the Rockets over now. And LeBron gets that, yeah, but then he does go out of his way to organize team dinners and team meetings and, you know, all kinds of team functions where the team grows and gets along well with each other. But in the case of the Clippers, no, it's just Kawhi throwing his ego around, showing how he is more special than any other player on the team. I think it was Patrick Beverly or Lou Williams that said, like, when you have one guy who gets so much more preferential treatment from the rest and acts like he's a part of the ownership rather than one of the players, it's hard to get along with these guys. And you know what? It's true. Even Harold said, like, it felt like he wasn't wanted in that team when he left. And that, that's, that's, it's, you know, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the end of it. We're going to hear stories coming out of the locker room throughout, throughout the season. When you have Kawhi living two hours away from LA, who has to travel every single day for two hours and then be late to training and not train full-time and then also not attend team meetings regularly. And also, like, so there's another story where all the players had to wait for, like, three hours every day on a team plane before he left because Kawhi would always be late. And he would tell them to be late, that he was going to be late because he didn't feel like making it on time or something like that. Yeah, there's no way this team is going to have any form of 
success as a team. There's just no team spirit in this so-called team. Yeah, I mean, this was the biggest knock against the Clippers last time as well. Like, uh, Kawhi might be the best player, but he is not the leader for that team because you need that emotional support. You need that person who can rally everyone and, you know, make them as one unit. That is something which is missing with the Clippers. And yes, all the reports which have come out have shown the team management and Kawhi in the bad light. Uh, so, yeah, that I think is up to Lou. Tyron Lou. Yeah, I was going to say Lou Williams. Yeah, <laughs> on Tyron Lou to actually manage the team and maybe hold everyone accountable because he has dealt with superstars before uh, LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, and you know how, hand, how much of a handful Kyrie is. So, I guess if he can manage. <laughs> Yeah, it hurts to say that about my favorite player, but it is it is what it is. So, <laughs> so if he can somehow manage to you know hold on to Kawhi, make him feel accountable, and somehow get that team chemistry and all that in, because that was a huge part of last season where they didn't play a lot as a whole unit. Kawhi had his load management. PG was injured for a long time. They just never integrated their team together. So, and even this time, Lou Williams is, I guess, on the trading block, and uh, Montrez left anyway. So it's it's a funny situation, but yeah, there is a high possibility, and it's just they are their biggest enemies, I guess. Yeah. Also, like, yeah, I forgot about one point, but good that you added it. Um, load management. How do you expect them to finish in a high position when your best player who's supposed to take you to the promised land is going to miss half the matches? So it's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's definitely true. So, and yeah. and the West is a lot tougher. Like, you could see there are 12 really good teams in the West. And that just means fewer matches for them to really be able to manage this load against. That's definitely true, man. Yeah. Uh, Gautam, your thoughts on the Clippers? And with yes, the I will definitely. <laughs> yeah, the Clippers are definitely going to flop this season because there's no team chemistry at all. I mean, like the special treatment Kawhi and PG are getting. I think those are the reasons why players like Montre Harrell and Jamichael Green had to leave, and also Landry Shamet was forced to be traded. I think they lost the depth. Their most three most important depth players, actually, not really Jamichael Green, but. Definitely Shamit and Harold. And I think, I don't think they'll do really well. And seeing Tyron Lue in the past, I don't know how far they'll go. Because Tyron Lue does not know any defense. And, but, but let's see, because Kwahi is a good defender. But I don't know how Tyron Lue can handle both Kwahi and PG. But I think, as Kumu said, I think the team is really in a mess. So, yeah, I think they are, they are the one, they're definitely the ones who are going to flop this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is definitely a make or break season for them because Kawhi can leave, I think. Kawhi has how many years left on his deal? He has this year and then a player option next year. Yeah, yeah, he has a player option next year, right? So, you never know. PG has signed it, but you never know about Kawhi. So, let's see about that. Uh, okay, so that's it. Uh, next, Gautam, your thoughts on which team you, you think is going to bust? Uh, I think the Warriors are going to bust because without Clay Thompson, I don't know how Curry will play, but I can't underestimate Curry because his three-pointers are just amazing. And Kelly Oubre, 
I don't I don't think he'll play that Clay Thompson type of game, but let's see. And Andrew Wiggins has been really quiet ever since Jimmy Butler came to Minnesota Timberwolves. He has been completely quiet. Before that, he was real. He he was like a second scorer behind Carl Anthony Towns, and now he's just quiet. So it'll be really difficult to see how he plays. And uh, who else is there? I think I, I. It's too early to say how wise James Wiseman plays, because rookies you don't know how well they play at the beginning. And then Draymond Green is another player who has been awfully quiet because I think Warriors without KD, I don't know how good they were. But when 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 they had their team in 2015 without KD, I think they were really good because again, like Curry and Thompson were both healthy. Draymond Green was in his form, and then you had this Harrison Barnes who was a really good scorer, and of course Andrew Bogut who was helping in who was helping them in defense. Yeah, right for- now they lack. Yeah, you forgot the MVP. Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. Yes, yes, Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. I think they had a lot really good depth and they had really good starters. Now they lack all those, and now Clay again is injured. I don't know how. I don't know how Curry will carry the team. I don't know whether he has that caliber to do that to carry a team. So it'll be. It'll be really interesting to see how the Warriors do this season because now Curry is healthy, but Thompson is out. Draymond Green, he may be in or out sometimes. So let's see. Yeah, I mean it's just a really sad situation with the Warriors because uh, uh, the last season was a complete bust. So this time we expected them to be, you know, at their full strength and going at it again. But the unfortunate news of Clay Thompson was really heartbreaking. Was as a basketball fan, you just love how Clay th- like Clay plays. He's like the ideal teammate. He's a really good player, an exceptional shooter, man, and it's just fun to watch. So him not being there is actually a huge blow for all of us. But the Warriors, all in all, I feel again like the Rockets. I feel are an enigma. They're a make or break team. They have so many moving pieces. Uh, we don't know how they're gonna fit in together. And uh, I mean, one thing about the Warriors' management, I would say, is that they are definitely all in for winning even this season because signing, uh, like trading for Kelly Oubre, actually put them over the luxury tax a lot. So they are definitely paying a lot of money, an extra lot of extra money for a season where. It's uncertain that they might even make the playoffs because that's how stacked the West is. Like again, they are just one injury away of just going off. So, even Kelly Oubre, I think, is just coming off an injury, and all those things are there. So, uh, the Warriors, man, <laughs> just two years prior to this, we were just expecting them to be great forever, and you know, thinking that the NBA is ruined for God knows how long because of this dynasty and. Now we're just debating if they're going to make the playoffs or not. It's just a funny game, isn't it? Kumu, your thoughts on the Warriors? That's sad. I just there's nothing else you can say about it. But then, yeah, I mean, like, funny you say that because remember when they signed Boogie, we were like, yeah, there's no way any team is touching them. That the exact same season, the Toronto goes and beats them in the finals, and all hell breaks loose for them. So, yeah, I mean, but this is sports, and this happens. So, yeah. So, what about your team, Asu? Yes. So, my teams, uh, my team, who I think is going to underachieve, is I think the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so, yeah, I do love Trey Young a lot. I, f- I think he's going to be exceptional as a player and whatnot. But uh, and 
the uh, atlanta hawks actually had like the most cap space this time and all of us expected them to make huge moves they did make moves good moves but uh, i think they forgot about the main problem with the team which was defense like this team is going to have a lot of offensive firepower you have trey young you have danilo gallinari then you have uh, bogdanovich you have all these players who are really good scorers but none of them is known for the defense like even the center clint capella he's okay like he's a really good uh, you know runner he's a really good pick and partner for trey young and stuff but defensively he's not that good uh and yeah they did get rondo and chris dunn you know to help out with the guard defense for trey young but apart from that it's just you know a couple of scorers who can just stand around the defense it's there's no lockdown defender who can actually help out and um, the other thing which i feel might be a problem with the hawks is they did sign really good free agents like good uh, like danilo gallinari and uh, bogdanovic i think that might somehow you know uh, take away from the development of their young players because last season uh, i think kevin hoder and uh, all these other guys were really good but now that they have veteran leaders who can who are actually going to be there in a more win now mode that might take away from their uh, development and that might cause some chemistry issues and and because the east this time isn't as you know vacant as everyone thinks it might be because like i think the top 6 or 7 teams are fixed in my opinion we just have the i think you say final. top 8 is fixed no how is the top 8 fixed no is the top 7 that is fixed uh, i say wizards or pacers are fixed for the 7 and 8 yeah i mean the wizards I mean, are against- russell westbrook and bradley beal and the west i mean east come on yeah but uh, we have to keep it in mind that this time we do not have the we have the plane tournament as well so that is something which can you know make anything yeah, so at the same time they can still get the 8 seed i mean yeah, there's no way any other team is getting it ahead of them yeah so i mean it it just depends on a lot of things but i feel they might not make the playoffs this time so that's why i think they are uh, the hawks yeah definitely the hawks i mean after yeah, all the okay. all the moves they made they expect like everyone expects them to make the playoffs but i don't think they will Your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I'm just surprised to see you just all of a sudden go back from yeah, they signed a ton of defense to now say they have no defense. I never said they signed defense. I said I said they signed good players. Like you can have good players who don't. You did defense. say they have good defense. They can back up Trey Young and make up for his lack of defense and fine. La yada yada yada. Guilty, guilty. <laughs> okay, cut me some slack here, man. See, Sorry. uh. Honestly, I'm actually a little higher on the Hawks than you are, and I'm surprised yeah. by it because I really don't believe in Trayong whatsoever. I believe him to be a really good player, but not a winning player. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just have to see a lot more of them. I don't want to comment on this too early. Yeah. How about you, Gautam? Yeah, like you said, Asper. Like, yeah, they didn't they didn't make some good signings this off season, but yeah, they still need to find some defensive players. And yes, I, it will ruin the team chemistry. Like players like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. No wait, DeAndre Hunter will play. I think Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter will lose their playing time. And that yeah. John Collins that also might lose it. Yeah, I think John Collins will lose his place to Gallo. Gallo played a four instead of him. 
I think Gallinari will come off the bench. I think John Collins will still have his uh, starting position. Oof, no, I highly starting. doubt that. I mean, that's a lot of money to play for a bench player. Gallo is another borderline all-star. There's no yeah. way they are benching Gallo. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. The money they gave him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah that's... My, in my opinion, I'm like 50-50. Whether they, mm-hmm. they, they may make it to the playoffs, they may not make it to the playoffs. So, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's, I, mean, I just want to observe them a little bit more before I make any sort of decision on them. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I get this, this season again is going to be like the weirdest season ever. So, let's see. And, uh, yeah, quickly, just your thoughts. Who do you think is going to be the MVP this season? Gautam, I'll start with you. Uh, okay, let me, MVP, right? So, it's between LeBron and Giannis. Or maybe even AD because maybe AD can because anyway AD has scored more points than LeBron last season. So hopefully if he if he steps up and if he steps up and starts to lead the Lakers, I think he can win the MVP. And definitely Giannis also has a good chance because he's Giannis. Okay, so you you're expecting Giannis to become the third like MVP three times in a row. I don't think that's happened before. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's never happened before, but. Looking at looking at his past performances, like I think he definitely has a shot. I mean, yeah. it's too early to see who who will who will win the MVP because I mean, a lot of changes has happened. So let's see. It'll be very okay. interesting to see who will be the MVP candidates this season. Yeah, Kumo, yours? Or who do you think? Yeah, I don't really think LeBron AD will have the MVP thing because the reason. So they just finished playing in the finals and. It's pretty evident now that they are going to be load managing and they're probably going to take a break for the first half of the season playing as less as possible. And that's just going to take a huge hit on that MVP campaign. I would go for Luca. I mean, yes. that for me, that would be the most sensible way to go. Like He was borderline MVP last year, probably sixth, seventh. He's definitely going to be a lot better. And he's probably one thing I'm really excited to see this season, man. Yeah. Luca all the way. That's true, man. That's definitely true. Uh, I th- I have a feeling Damien Lillard has a good chance because I think yeah, he- Lillard also might do something. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, and I think uh, if what about you also? Yeah, I think if Kerry can somehow pull the Nets to I think a top two seed, that's going to be a really good narrative. Coming off an Achilles injury and then pulling your team to the second seed, I really feel he can you know gather a few votes. So maybe I mean. I'm I I'm a big believer in the net, so <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I think yeah. yeah, so I think that's it. We are done for this podcast. Thank you, lads, for joining me. And uh, we're gonna come back next week and discuss more about how the NBA season is gonna progress and uh, we're gonna keep you updated. So that's but it. Next week we actually have matches to talk about. How cool is that? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, that's, you know, true. that's true. That's yeah. true. And this has been an, like it's just so great that it's just been such a short off season. Not so good for the players though, but good for us as viewers. So I guess yeah. So that's it from us here at the Armchair Fans Basketball Podcast. And uh, okay, thank you guys. Bye bye. Bye guys. Bye guys.